but I, I uh, appreciate when God can move on somebody. Brother Mike was talking about just uh, somebody praying for you right when you need it. How many times that may have happened and you didn't even know it. Hallelujah. But there's also those people that are just praying for you consistently. Praise God. Those people that are just always there. And I know you're praying for me, and I know we're praying for one another. And uh, it's exciting. It's exciting when, uh, when things just happen spontaneously in church and in life. But, you know, the consistency and stability of God's faithful people is uh, really the backbone of church. And I appreciate my brothers and sisters holding on through everything and just... Uh, just uh, doing better than ever today. God bless you for it. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your presence today. Thank you for your help. Thank you, Lord, for, Lord God, your presence here right now, God. And we need you today. I'm asking for your grace, Lord, your strength today, Lord, as I come before you, Lord. Help me to deliver your heart, God, and this word that you've placed in my heart. And God, touch each and every life. God, give us ears to hear. Give us the grace to be hearers and doers of your word. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. James 2, verse 19. We read this, I believe it was Sunday night. Praise God. But... uh I want to, I feel like God took us in a direction that was necessary, but there's some more here that we really need to uh, pay attention to. James 2, verse 19 says, Thou believest that there is one God. Amen. Do you believe there's one God? Hallelujah. Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Let me pause there a moment and tell you there is a place that uh, in the book of Romans that says that Abraham was justified by his faith. And I've had people come to me and say, hey, come on now. Is this a contradiction? I don't believe the Bible contradicts itself. But, you know, here uh, Abraham is is justified or or deemed righteous by his faith. And here it plainly says it's by what he did, his works. And I said, just just lay aside all the thoughts that you have that, that somebody's trying to earn the favor of God or earn their salvation. Just realize real faith will bring forth works. And what this is saying is Abraham had real faith, not make-believe faith, but real faith, because you can see what he did. Amen. Well, praise God. Verse 22. Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect or complete. That's the answer to it. And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith Abraham believed God. There's his faith. And it was imputed unto him for righteousness and was called the friend of God. Hallelujah. God bless you. You can be seated. Praise the Lord. It's just us, no live stream today. Hallelujah. I'm, not, I'm no longer, my, my career as a televangelist has ended, and I'm okay with that. Praise God. Well, thank God for a friend like Jesus. Thank God for a friend like him. We talked and preached about that here just uh, last service and, and uh, talked about how important it is for us to recognize that the, the kind of love that we have for God, you know, it is uh, it cannot be comparable to anything else. You know, we say we love one another and and uh, we love our friends, but you know, there's a there, there's just a whole different level when we're talking about loving God. Amen. And uh, it is a love that that transcends. We worship Him. We honor Him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And, and that doesn't mean we take one another uh, for granted. Oh, no. When you love God first, it, it enhances our ability to love everybody else. We looked at that scripture about taking up our cross and, and how if we don't uh, hate brother and sister and, and so on and so forth and realizing that we aren't to have animosity one for another. Absolutely not. But, 
but that our love for God cannot be contested. It cannot, there can't be any competition at all between our dedication and love to God. And that needs to be defended. That's something that we need to be careful with. That's something we need to, there's always going to be, and I believe it's the devil's um, main focus in your life. I know there's maybe some confusion about that. And we deal with it a lot, how, how sometimes when we think about the devil and his works, oh, I had such a bad day, and I'm, I'm really struggling not to say anything I'll regret later. The devil's just been fighting me. And, and maybe your mind has been polluted by thoughts and, and, and feelings that you want to uh, not focus on and not have to deal with. But, you know, the devil's really trying to steal what belongs to God. And if he's distracting you and getting you off track from really putting God first and foremost in your life. And sometimes that can be very subtle. That's why I believe such strong language is used in the book of Luke that we read. Because not so much all that evil and and temptation to ungodliness and filth in this world. And understand that's a part of it. But... Uh, but just even doing your best in church today, there's a battle going on. There's a lot of things that uh, try to steal your attention from really loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Amen. So that battle we need to be focused on. I uh, spoke with someone here uh, recently, and, and, and they were telling me about how uh, when they were in church one time that they were really feeling some some spiritual adversity and 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 it was a good church it wasn't something that they felt like was being preached improperly but they felt felt some things going on and said i just i just got up and left because i i didn't like what i was feeling and i said you know what uh, i hear people sometimes they're like oh you know what i feel spirits and i feel like there's some things going on and and there's spirits all over and there's battles all over and I told you already, if it can happen, it's going to happen in church. And you can feel some things. Well, that's, uh, what, God, what do you want me to do? I believe go ahead and pray a little harder. Go ahead and fight a little harder. Amen. It might be something coming against you. It might be something you feel in somewhere else. You say, oh, I don't belong in church. I feel a spirit. Well, you know, there are spirits all the time around Jesus. Would you get up and go? I want to stay where Jesus is. But you know what? When, when there's a battle... Soldiers don't say, hey, there's a battle right there. I'm going to go right over there. That's not a soldier. Oh, you know, there's all, there's an enemy over there. I'm going to get way over here. Now, I'm not going to go have a cup of coffee with the enemy. Amen. But I'm going to get in there and fight. Amen. So there's always going to be this battle. But number one, it's got to be the Lord. Amen. It can't be family. It can't be job. Those things... We, we tell you the Bible, it's important to, to be faithful on your job and faithful in your family. And, and all that, that God gives you, you need to be a good steward of it. Amen. Hallelujah. But, but you know, nothing comes near, nothing can possibly be allowed to steal your time with God. Steal your dedication to God. Amen. We need to be growing in our love for God. So He is first. Amen. And we also talked about how you can't claim this is the problem that so many have that I have, I have come in contact with. I have personally talked with many people. Oh, I've got a good relationship with Jesus. I feel close to him. I talk to him. And I know I have a good relationship with Jesus. And you look at their life. And uh, they, they're not living a way that uh, is pleasing to Jesus. We looked at a scripture that says that they, if any man preach another gospel or preach another Jesus, you know, you can call your lifestyle a life that is in love with Jesus. But there's just some things Jesus is not in love with. Amen. Say, so, well, I... I have a good relationship with Jesus. I know he probably disagrees with a lot of my life. Maybe you don't even think about that. You can't just have your own thing going on. Anything that you say is a relationship with the Lord, but denies sound doctrine. 
what the Bible says. I love God, but, you know, uh, I, I'm not really sure I want to go to a, a, a church that, that believes what the Bible says, uh, believes in the Holy Ghost, believes in oneness, believes in Jesus' name. I, I, but I love God. If you love God, you're going to love Him and who He is and not fables and fairy tales. Amen. If somebody said that, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate Sister Flosser so much and and uh, start to describe someone that I said, wait a minute, that's not her. That's not who she is. You're, you're describing somebody completely. No, 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 it's Sister Flosser, and I love her so much. She's just awesome. And start, uh, well, what do you know about her? And, and, and all of a sudden, they're describing somebody completely different. I said, wait a minute, it's, you're, you're misunderstanding. And I'm afraid that's the same kind of relationship people have with the Lord. They're describing somebody that uh, is, they've made up in their own minds, really. And, and to love God, you, you're going to have to learn some more about, about what He is like. And, and, uh, and I'm telling you, if you really lay aside your pride and get to know Jesus, you're going to find out that there's nothing not to like. Uh, as it says in the book of uh, Song of Solomon, He is altogether lovely. Amen. And in one place, it says He does all things well. There, there's no... no Fault in Jesus. There's no nothing but love and service and and righteousness. And uh, if if you're going to love Him, you need to know Him. I think so often it's just a very simple portion of Scripture that can be breezed over quickly. But the blind man, the man that was uh, kicked out of the church, and they said, "Give God glory," and he's and he's saying, "Well, I'm telling you, Jesus made me see." And they said, well, "We don't know where He what He is or who He is, and we don't." Uh, you know, we don't uh, just uh, forget about him. And he said, hey, I'm just telling you, I was blind and now I see. And and uh, they called his parents in. His parents said, he's a, he's a grown-up. Ask him. We don't want in this. And so he got cast out. And Jesus comes and finds him. And uh, and uh, he says, uh, who are you looking for? And he said, uh, who are you? Who, who, how do I... How do, how do I, I, I can't find Jesus. He said, well, he's the one you're talking to. It's me. Now you know who I am. And the Bible says immediately he worshiped him. When he was revealed of who he was, he loved him. The more you know him, the more you'll love him. The more you know him, the more you'll appreciate and worship him. And, and God is so good. But I want to talk about what it means to be a friend to God. We talked a lot about what it, what the... Uh, the obstacles and the battles and the things that uh, friendships, relationships, and personal selfishness that can kind of get in the way of our relationship with God. But what does it mean to you to be a friend of God? I know why I love Him. I know that He is everything the Bible says. A friend that sticks closer than a brother. Amen? He's been faithful, he's been kind, he's been merciful. And when I think of what kind of friend he's been to me, I ask him, please help me, help me to be that kind of friend uh, to you and to others. Amen? When I think about being a friend, when I think about a relationship with God, there is a lot of things that I do do because I'm a Christian. There's many things I don't do because I'm a Christian. There are things that I believe because I know what the Bible says and I'm a Christian. Amen. But when it comes down to what we say, having a relationship with him, sometimes, many times in the Bible, it talks about walking with him. And you'll hear that often as we preach, we'll say, hey, uh, having a walk or walking with God. It's, it's countless times in the Bible, um, knowing God and uh, having a, uh, being a Christian talks many times about a walk. Amen. What does that mean? What does that mean to you? I think what God really wants us to try to focus on and concentrate on and the thing that is sometimes the battle that we face is, again, we, we get into our routine, we go through the motions, but do we acknowledge 
that Jesus is with us. There's some things that because of your faith, you look around yourself in the job or just throughout the day and say, oh, this world is is a mess, like we already said in this service, and a lot of problems, and, and, and that goes right back to our faith and what we believe, that if God's kingdom and God's ways were instituted, oh, it'd be, there wouldn't be all this hate and all this violence and all this confusion, and right? All this pride and all this selfishness and all this sin. And uh, we know that there's a lot of wrong, and we know what right is, but that can still, though it's good and it's right, that can still be a far cry from realizing that Jesus is walking by your side. So often I think about good folks. And please understand, I appreciate my brothers and sisters, and sometimes when we hammer and drive home a point, you might... You might think, does he, what's wrong? is he angry? Does he, even, does he think I, I, I don't have a, a, a real relationship with God? Does he think I'm... Fa-? No, 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 that's not it. But I want to challenge you to really pay attention to something. Because good folks, faithful, that know what we're doing and even why we're doing it. And I think we did some studies Wednesday nights along this line. But, but I want to I focus on something I don't think we talked about. In church, you may be... Praying and singing and, and, and being a part of what's going on. But do you ever really just acknowledge Jesus is in the house? Doesn't that make the difference? When you start realizing, hallelujah, and I know I love to feel the anointing. I love a feeling of, uh, uh, of a special power of God and the glory of God filling this house. But, you know, you ought to brought him with you. If, if, if you're walking with God and you're loving God, it's not, well, I feel like God's really moving in this service. He's, he's with you on the way to church. You don't just say, I'm going to go to church and pray him down and I hope he comes visiting us. And, and uh, I know when we use language like a special visitation. But when you're coming to church, when you're getting up in the morning, when you're sitting around maybe the breakfast table eating your Cheerios, there ought to be something in you that says, Jesus is in this house because I'm walking with him. And my friend has said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. You don't leave him at the church door and go to your job. Your friend is with you. Your friend is, and and there is something in you that's not, oh, I don't want to say the wrong thing because then I've, no, no, no. There's something that says, "I'm, I'm walking with my friend. By faith, he's with you. Turn with me. To James, James, or no, John, I'm sorry, we're in James. Turn to John, the Gospel of John, the 14th chapter. You remember that in the Gospels, Jesus walked with them physically. Jesus was with them day after day. How would that change your life? How would that change your conversations? It's not just the rules. That's, this is the problem where people get mad and, and uh, you know, they just uh, they, they don't like the preacher anymore. They don't like the, the, the people of God. They don't want to be here. But listen to me. You may have been doing this for a while. You may have been uh, living the life of a Christian. But do you recognize more than all that, what we're doing is loving God who we believe is with us. Look what it says in John 14. What an exciting thought. John 14 verse 15 says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Well, why would you want to do anything but if he's sitting in the room with you? Amen? If you're walking with Him, if you believe He's... Well, let's just keep on reading. And I will pray the Father and He shall give you another comforter that He may abide with you forever. A lot of people get hung up on that. Folks that want to prove a a, a trinity which is not in the Bible say, well, see, another. That means there's a different person. And you build a whole ridiculous mythology on that word another. But just keep reading. 
Do you know how many times I've talked to folks that preachers and uh, uh, people that have been seminary students and they just bring out a scripture. I say, keep reading. That's all you got to do. Don't stop there and build a doctrine. Keep reading. So this another comforter, even the spirit of truth. Who's the comforter? The spirit of truth. Did somebody say, I am the way, the truth, and the life? Okay. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. He is already with you. He's going to be in you. How many know the Bible says Christ in you, the hope of glory? He goes on and says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Praise God. So we understand that the spirit of truth is the spirit of Jesus Christ. Amen. Physically, he ascended, but he poured out his own spirit and fills us. And he says, I'm with you, but I will be in you. When you got the Holy Ghost, you got a friend that is in you. Amen. So you take him to the grocery store and he's with you when you're frustrated. Woo. Hallelujah. Amen. He's with you when you're with your friends. He's with you. Praise God. When you're on your job, he's with you when you're tired and amen. And we live our lives, not because of a fear of hell, not because of a fear of a preacher finding out, but we're walking with our friend. And we know his way is a good, the best way. Amen. He's with you when you're around the dinner table. He's with you when you're uh, uh, getting ready to, to lay down your head to rest. He's with you throughout the night. He's with you in the battle. He's with you in the trials. And, and when you recognize that I'm not just following uh, 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 some laws that have been uh, etched into stone, but I've got a friend with me who's going to help me, who's going to strengthen me. Amen. So there's a comfort in that. Amen. There's a blessing in knowing Jesus is with me no matter what. But there's also a guidance in, you know what, I'm not by myself and, and I have responsibility to please God. Amen. John, the 10th chapter, turn back a few pages. Hallelujah. It's exciting testimonies even today about God being with us and keeping us safe. Amen. Being safe in a dangerous situation, being safe uh, on a, in an accident on the highway, being safe. Uh, how many times that God has protected us? But it's more than that. That's awesome. I love that God keeps his hand of protection upon us. But more than just a shelter of safety, you've got a loving God with you. Amen. Amen. Now, understand this. I, I want to make it clear. I don't think it's very wise at all. to, And I don't know that anybody here would have this problem. But yet I want to make it clear. We're walking with someone and we're talking about God being our friend because of that loving relationship. But, you know, this friendship is with a holy God. Amen. This friendship is with the king of kings. We're not just talking about a buddy who, you know, uh, my way is just as good as your way. And my opinion is just as good as your opinion. You know what? Uh, with friends, that's just the way it is. And we might see things just a little differently and still just love and, and, and be just uh, everything a friend ought to be. But, you know, when you've got a friend who's the king of kings and the Lord of lords, his way is right. So if my way is, uh, uh, maybe I start to feel like it's different than God's way. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say, well, my friend is with me. John 10, verse 27, praise God, says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Hallelujah. And I give unto them eternal life, and they never shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than them all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Aren't you so thankful that you are safe with God? Not talking about a life that is allowed, has permission to be reckless. 
but you're safe with Jesus. Amen. Praise God. And the Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. In another place, it talks about a hireling and talks about the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The hireling, you know, the Bible says the sheep, but they know the difference. They're not going to listen to that. It's my desire that whenever I stand before you, I'm not, uh, I'm not somehow sending a mixed signal that you can hear the voice of God in all that what I'm bringing to you. Amen. I'm very, want to be very careful that you can say God is speaking to my heart. Amen. That Brother Flosser is not trying to put some kind of spin and an agenda on it. But I want, uh, in a day like today, can I just step aside? I, I've been thinking about this so much lately and praying about it. That, that the, a true church is a, is a place of ministry. It's a place where a, a pastor is a minister, trying to bring out your best and bless you. And in a world so full of manipulation, when it's so hard to trust anybody to have righteous uh, uh, values and, and selfless values, the church needs to be a place where God is exalted and you come to be blessed and fed and challenged. Amen. And I know there's a lot of churches that, that have become something they've, just not what God ever intended it to be. But it's our desire, and you help me pray about this, that this is a place people are ministered to, and people are, are, are strengthened in their faith, and people are helped to get more of God. Amen. Amen, amen. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. That we are to be listening, paying attention, God. Uh, I, I want to acknowledge as I walk with you that I hear you. And that I, you're leading me and that you're guiding me. And, and uh, you'll be surprised if you, if you try to switch your spirit, your brain, from trying to think about what is permitted and what is allowed and what is a law. And just start recognizing what would be pleasing to my friend. I, I, I've seen so many times people just miss that. And, and they... They think they've been doing good because they've looked like a Christian and they've acted like a Christian, but they never really got past what everybody else is seeing, what everybody else is looking at and what everybody else thinks and got into this place where that all is so, to even say it's secondary is kind of an overstatement, to say that it's about just walking with my friend. And you're not going to... You're not going to get tangled up in what people are thinking when you're just trying to please God every day. When you're thinking about what would be best. And a lot of times where people get so frustrated at, you know, details. That why would somebody worry about something like that? Well, you know what? When you're walking with a friend, it matters. Praise God. The little things will matter. Amen. Details will matter. Amen. I, I'm not saying that we ought to pick at one another over details or even worry about another uh, church and how they're working out their details. Don't worry about that. But when you're walking with the Lord, there's it's going to go way beyond just just what things look like on the outside. But there's going to be a heart that says, I, I, I get God's ways. It's a friendship. You learn. You're learning more about what God loves and why he loves it, why things are important. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to, I, I, I was just thinking last night and just dealing with situations and seeing how this world is, there's so much in this world that uh, now, you know, we, with drugs and, and uh, decriminalization and legalization of marijuana, especially a lot of that being pushed into our younger generation and not younger generation. We see it even in this community. There's a dispensary right up down the road in Thomasville and, and uh, and uh, people that are just saying, uh, oh, you know, it's just, you know, people kicking back and being so much more mellow and easygoing and and, uh, you know, just taking the edge off of people. But, you know, I want to what's what's the I was thinking about that because I was hearing some people talk like that. And so what is the sinfulness of all that? How do you use the Bible? Well, it's very easy to realize that I, I'm walking with my friend. I want to the 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 problem is. To be able to hear his voice clearly and to make proper judgment in situations where the devil's trying to deceive. If you start fogging your mind because of stress and because of uh, whatever your reasons may be, 
that you're going to miss the understanding that that Jesus is going to be the one who's going to be the stress real. You're a friend that you're going to spend time with. Amen. And you need to be able to be sharp and be able to make judgment calls on what is right and wrong in the midst of a day when you're being bombarded constantly by that. So the need for to hear, the need to hear clearly, the need to be able to follow and listen and pay attention to your friend and to to not only hear his voice, but when I say hear his voice, I'm sure you understand sometimes there's just a prompting in your spirit. Sometimes it's just just a direction you know when God's happy because you're sensitive to that. You've been acknowledging that. Some of you, you don't know what it's like to hear that still small voice. You don't recognize that in your life for a long time because you know what? You've, uh, you've been disregarding it. You've been kind of not listening for it. You've not been acknowledging God throughout your day like you, you need to. Amen. And, and what happens is you, you lack that sharpness to be able to be stopped. Say, so you know what? I need to do something. I, I need to go apologize for something. I need to stop this conversation right now and just bite my tongue. I need to stop saying what I'm saying because I just I feel that prompting in my spirit. My friend would rather me not say it. Amen? Look at this. Look at Ephesians, Ephesians 4. Anybody hear what I'm saying? It's more than just going to church. Going to church is necessary. It's more than just uh, going, living things out of habit like we have said many times. But to have a friend is going to entail acknowledging he's in the room and walking with him. Amen? Hearing from him. Ephesians 4, verse 29 let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying. Not only do I believe that's filthy communication, filthy talk, filthy jokes, filthy words, amen, amen, and amen. But when you see what it's talking about, it's, it's kind of contrasting it to things which are good for the use of edifying. So it's not just nasty words and offensive language that is not what a Christian should be using and for that matter hearing and listening to on a regular basis I can't help really what people around me are saying all the time and and uh, but I can t- I can help what kind of what kind of things I'm I'm purposely listening to amen look what it says um, hallelujah thank you Jesus let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is the good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. So that's what it's called. I want to minister grace. Who deserves grace? Right? That's a, that's a trick question. Because grace is something you don't earn. It's not something you... So when you're loving other people and speaking words to them, it's not, well, they don't deserve my nice words. No, you're ministering grace. You're loving people that that maybe don't deserve that, just like you and me. Amen. So it goes on. It's, listen now. And grieve. Somebody say grieve. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. That spirit that is now in you, don't grieve it. Whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. I, I believe the context of this could easily be said that bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking that are supposed to be put away, as well as the corrupt communication before this, are things that grieve God. God's saying, don't grieve God. And he gives a partial list of things that grieve your friend. What's grief? What is grieving God? It means to cause sorrow. To affect with sadness. To offend. To make someone uncomfortable. With sorrow, with sadness. Do you realize there's some things in... About your friend 
that cause him to be sorrowful and sad. And God says, and the word of God says, don't make God sorrowful by your actions, by your words, by your attitude. You've got a friend with you and and I don't want to I don't want to offend my friend. I don't want to you know the Bible talks about us being given to hospitality. That's not just the ministry now. Go ahead and look it up. You know what that is? You know do you ever know anybody that you just get around them and they're really, really good at making you feel awkward and uncomfortable? That's the opposite. You know, people that just seem like they can they have a gift for stating things in a way that condescend to you or make you try to make you feel little or stupid. Amen. And, and in respect, they feel bigger and better because of that, I guess. That's not hospitality. Hospitality is making people feel comfortable. People that, that are different from you. People that, that, that have a lot to learn, but you're given to that. You know how to make people feel welcome and friendly. When you think about hospitality, it's, you know, it's maybe, you know, when, when you sit down at, at somebody's uh, dinner table and, and they've made something for you and, you know, they don't have pet hair on their plates. And hello? <laughs> and they, they, they've gone a little bit farther to try to make things just uh, nice for you and, and you feel welcome and you feel a warmth. Amen. Amen. Like this world needs. So, that's a whole other message. But that's how to be a friend, to show yourself friendly. You, you, you make people feel like they're a friend. Do you make Jesus feel like he's a friend? Do you show hospitality to Jesus? Would Jesus feel comfortable, praise God, with you? Amen. Would Jesus... Pull up a chair for supper and say, it feels good to be with you right now. I feel good about the conversation in this room. Feel good about how everybody is dressing. Amen. My child, you say, oh, you know what? I don't know if my daddy would appreciate how I dress. And I don't know if my mom would appreciate how I dress. What about Jesus? Because, you know, it's so easy in this generation. Ah, they don't know. They don't understand. But Jesus sure does and understands. So don't grieve God. Make God feel comfortable. When we worship, when we're praising God, we're here to make God comfortable. We want God to feel like he can move and do whatever he wants to do. I don't want God to feel like he's on eggshells. You know, there were times in the Bible, you know, he's just God. He can do whatever he wants. But there's times where he came before leaders and I don't have anything. To hear. Basically, I don't have anything to say. Right. He had nothing to say. Why don't you do a miracle? Why don't you show us some great thing? And he was silent. Amen. He wasn't comfortable there. He knew everything he said would be used against him. So he held his peace. When you walk with God, sometimes I feel like you can just feel God just kind of, wait a minute, what happened? I took, you know, we, we talk about how in, in the Bible they were three days and couldn't find Jesus. You shouldn't be able to take three steps without saying, wait, what happened? Am I going in the wrong direction? You should be able to recognize that you've made Jesus uncomfortable. I want to submit to you that what we preach on holiness, what we preach on dedication, and it, it is to, to make a holy God comfortable in our lifestyle. The friendships that we have and the, the, the hobbies that we have and, and uh, the atmosphere I, like I said earlier, there's just some things that you got to get fighting and you got to get the battle. But there's some areas you get comfortable in, and God's not comfortable in it. There's some environments that you ought to feel like you know this is not something the Lord is is feeling real good about. So, so I shouldn't either. Amen. Grieving the Spirit of God is something we need to be careful with. We need to be able to be sensitive to the the feelings of God, that he is not uh, put off, and we ought to be hospitable to him. One more scripture before we close in Matthew 
25. So really, I haven't just been calling out the numbers, but I've got three points here. My first point was being the Lord's friend is acknowledging him throughout the day. And knowing that uh, he's with you and recognizing I want to do things that are pleasing to my friend. Number two, we don't want to grieve God. We don't want to cause God sorrow. And we don't want God to be uncomfortable with where we are. But I want to talk about one more thing just for a few moments before we close. How to be a friend to Jesus. Matthew 25, verse 41. Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. You imagine the other Jesus that so many preachers are preaching about today would never have said something like this. But this is him. This is, this is the word of God. There's going to be a day where the Lord looks at a group of people. Sadly, the Bible says it is a broad road. So many that are calling themselves Christians. May I be very, very blunt and say how the Lord has told us, you know, let them alone. Let them grow up the tares among the wheat. Amen. But there's a day that will come when the tares and the wheat will be separated. Those who are the goats among the sheep. There will be a time where the Lord does that separating. And he says to those on his left, Depart, ye cursed, into everlasting fire. Go to that place that was created for the devil and his angels to be tormented. What? What is Jesus saying their great crime is for being sentenced to the same prison Satan has been sent to. Not just sent to, but it was created for him. Amen? For I was hungered, and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you took me not in. Naked, and you clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and you visited me not. Then shall they also answer, saying, Lord, when saw we thee in hungered, or thirst, or stranger, or naked, or sick? in prison and did not minister to thee. It's not even necessarily just uh, you kicked me when I was down. You took from me when I was hurting. You just ignored me is what they were saying. He was saying. Amen. Just didn't have time for me. Jesus tells them, I, I was ignored by you. They, shall answer, they said, when do we ever see you in these situations and ignore you? And they shall, then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal, life eternal. My third and last point is we need to be good to God's friends. We need to... We need to recognize that the Lord identifies himself with the weak among us, with the ones that are easily ignored, when the ones that maybe you don't even think of through the day and they're praying for you. Somebody in church that maybe you just don't even have time to, to walk by them because you've got so many things to do. And you can't just take time and, and just acknowledge that they're, they're part of, of your family, your church family. And the Bible says that Jesus not only recognized them, he identifies himself with them. You remember, Stephen was being stoned and uh, Jesus comes to Saul of Tarsus and says, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Not just Stephen, but countless others that were hauled away Families that were broken up, people that were taken to prison and persecuted. And I don't know their names. I don't know who they were. I have no idea. The Bible doesn't say history that I've never read where there were specific instances of names being listed of people that Saul persecuted. But he moved with great 
vengeance against the church. And Jesus said, why are you persecuting me? You're touching my children. You're touching my bride. You're touching me. Amen? This is our responsibility to consider that Jesus identifies himself with his friends. I love I love that about the Lord because I, I, I'm his friend. And you're his friend. And he'll defend you. He'll stand by your side. There's times where you're just so hurt and, and, and want so much to, to, to say something and do something. And God says, I, I, I've, I've got this. I'm going to take care of you. Don't worry about them. I'm going to, I'm going to take care of that too. Amen. But in that, I've got to recognize that, that uh, somebody else, is it, it, the Lord is, is feeling their loneliness. The Lord is feeling their, their needs. And the Lord is identifying who they are. And, and God's put you around people that need to see His love. Amen? When you've done it to the least of these, so often we, we judge our own selves so unrighteously. We... We look at ourselves and think that we're so strong because uh, of things that uh, we do. And, and God's saying it's the little things that maybe somebody else isn't uh, noticing. Uh, I've, I've heard it many times. Uh, uh, people say, you know, uh, thank, thank somebody for me. Or just, it means so much to me. So and so just always make sure that uh, they, they say it's good to see you in church. Or if I haven't been here for a while. People that I've talked to already that I know Brother Dave when he first came to church. And, and, and one of the young people he's shared with me many times just would make sure he comes up and shook his hand and said, it's so good to see you. And, and uh, it, it blew his mind as, a, as just a, a, a sinner that had no idea what any of this was about. That, that somebody would take that time. It speaks volumes for the glory of God. But more than that, it's your friend. Jesus is identifying himself with the weak, with the, the hurting, with the ones that have needs. And we need to be aware of that. Amen. If you want to be a friend to Jesus, you've got to be nice to his friends. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Sister Katie, can you come play something again for us? Hallelujah. I don't know how many times I've heard it preached. I was just listening to some preaching from, I'm not even sure what state it was in. It was a conference that was going on yesterday. I was out in the yard listening to some preaching and and heard the man talking about just people that can't take just a little bit of time and make sure before they walk out the church door, they let somebody know it's it's good to see you. They're They're already in another gear, already... They're already doing the next chore rather than just taking a little more time and realizing that we've come together with needs. Pay attention. Pay attention to your friend. Don't be in such a hurry to get ahead of him. That's why sometimes in a service, just during prayer, during worship, we'll just say, hold on, let's not get ahead and already be in the next part of the service. Let's just linger a little while here. Feel like God's still doing something. Having a friendship with the Lord is one of the greatest. It's what you were created for. You were made to have that relationship with God. We're not talking about something flaky. We're not talking about something that has no no bearing on truth. No, this is soaked in His truth, but it's still the reality of it. You need to recognize that He's He's with you throughout the day. You need to see Him in every situation and realize I need to I need to please Him. I need to be careful. I don't want to grieve Him. I don't want to cause Him sorrow or hurt. I want to make Him feel comfortable. He's my friend. And I want to be good to his friends. I want to be a friend to those that he loves and he identifies himself with. Hallelujah. Let's find a place to pray. Oh, hallelujah.
God bless your people. God bless your people. God bless your people. Oh, yes, I love you, Lord. And the valley is too wide. Down on my knees. Oh, let's just take a little time. Don't be in a hurry. Bless your people, God. Bless your people, Lord. I love you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Oh, yes. Without you holding my hand, the mountains too high. And the valley is too wide Down on my knees Oh, bless your people, Lord Bless your people, Lord Hallelujah I can't even walk Without you holding my hand Oh, love him, hallelujah Can't even walk Without you holding my hand, the mountains too high. Oh yes, the valley is too wide. Down on my knees, oh that's where I learned to stand. Oh yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You holding my hand. I love you, Lord. Let's all stand. Father, thank you for being such a faithful friend. Help us, God, to learn to be more of what we need to be, God, not to just go through our life so so disconnected, God, but help us to be a friend. Help us to have that walk, Lord, of sincerity and truth. God, we love you. Thank you. For all you're doing, God, I pray that you'll help us, God, throughout the day, throughout the week, to be witnesses for you, God, to be a blessing, God, to those around us. We love you. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you go. Great to have you in church this morning.